Hello and welcome to the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, 1995 world champion, 1996 Olympic silver medalist, Dennis Hall. Dennis, how are you doing on this uh, Thursday, Thursday evening? Doing good. How about yourself? Well, my ankle hurts. Um, yeah. It's really swollen. Okay. Well, it's not it okay. Time. What'd you, what'd you say? I said it will heal with time. You're good. How much time? They told me in five days if it's not better to uh, see an ortho. Well, that sucks. Yeah. You better listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to lay around. Um, Our our guest this week is now two-time world team member, two-time national champion, actually what, now two-time Pan Am champ, uh, Cheney Haight. Chaney, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You're over in Colorado Springs still, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm living now. And after what today's, well, by the time this is released, it will have probably already taken place. But this weekend, you're heading over to Oregon for what what is being defined as base training camp. Is it correct? That's correct. Yeah, we just headed over. Uh, somewhere it's got kind of close over to Matt Lindland's hometown. And I'm, I'm not, I've seen the schedule. It looks like it's like a lot of strength training, conditioning stuff. And then, uh, like on the side, we're doing a bunch of stuff like rafting and shooting guns, a bunch of manly stuff. It sounds like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited to see, see what, what's going to happen over there. Well, I know one of the big selling points is that, there's a sauna, and there's also a uh, a waterfall cold plunge, whatever that means. I'm not really sure what a waterfall cold plunge is. I know what a cold plunge is. Does this mean like there's a like you guys are jumping into a waterfall in the backyard or something? Uh, that's that's news to me. I, I heard we're gonna be paddleboarding over one day to some waterfall, so it might be that. A, seems like just jumping in a in a river in general is kind of like a cold plunge. Especially up in uh, up in Oregon. <laughs> Hall, did you jump in uh, waterfall cold plunges during your career? Ah, uh, no, I hated cold. Still do. Yeah, but I'm talking like yeah, but okay, but isn't that is that not part of the process for certain people? You go like from the sauna into you jump into like the you know I don't know like a seventy five yeah. degree pool or something like that. I did it one time and uh, never did it again. Uh, I think I was up in uh, Norway, if I remember right. I was in the sauna, and then they had some cold plunges right outside the sauna. I jumped into it. It was like a circular, you know, tube where you just jumped in, and I got out of that quicker than I got in. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be like a real shock to the system. Because you're like all, you know, you're all heated up, and then it's like, yeah, whoosh. it's horrible. I don't know why people like that. I, I don't get it. But it's supposed to help with recovery, and uh, you know, I just, I don't get it because I can't stand the cold. I can't get through the cold. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of physiological benefit to it. I would imagine. I'm not going to go look it up. Um, you know, it just it helps with inf- inflammation and that type of stuff. I, 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 yeah, sure, I guess. 
I, I don't know. Is that a, is that something yeah. you're attracted to, Cheney? Is that something you like? A nice a nice yeah. cold punch. I I actually do it. I mean, it's I, I agree with Hall. It's not pleasant, but it's it's pretty much it's like you're icing your whole body while you're in there. So I don't know. I feel I feel like my legs are a little fresher when I get out. But how do you handle it? You know, do you just gotta bite the bullet for the first? You just gotta night? go to a happy place. <laughs> happy <Yeah>. place. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I haven't been able to find a happy place when I'm in those things. For me, for me, it's it's like the two minute mark. I get in there and it's just torture for like two minutes, and then after that, I and then start after like, that, you're good. So I start I, being I able to deal with tougher. it. And then about a minute, by the time that like I get one minute till I'm gonna get out, then it starts getting hard just because my mind knows like I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But that's you know what that's like is like um. The cryo freeze, right? Where you go into these tanks and it's, I don't know, it's some ungodly number below zero. You go in for like a couple minutes and apparently it like brings your body, like freezes your body to like nearly like where your body thinks it's like dropping dead. And then when you get out, like all of, you know, uh, your blood starts rushing back and it's carrying like all, all these healing chemicals with it. And it's supposed to be like amazing for recovery. It's good. I mean, this sounds like the same principle almost. It's yeah, it's the same thing. I've I've heard of that. I haven't actually done that myself, but yeah. I think it's like two it's pills just, a shot. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't explain the science to you. I just it's just like a lot of blood work, and it's good for like Hall said, it's good for inflammation and stuff. I want to put my ankle <laughs> in a cryo freeze. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna see if one near me like takes 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 my insurance. Yeah, go for that? it. Yeah. Tell me how it is. I'll tell you how it is when all of a sudden, instead of having to wait five days for it to start improving, you know, I'm skipping tomorrow afternoon out of the out of the joint. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, Cheney, let's let's start with the most recent uh, event here, and that was Brazil. The Pan Ams, they were supposed to start and finish on Friday. Obviously, that was interrupted by a fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the next day, it, they got the tournament going. You blitzed through your bracket. You had two matches. You teched both guys. I think one of, the, one of your opponents, Ortiz, didn't you wrestle him last year in uh, Texas? Yeah, if, if I can remember right, I, I wrestled them first match just like I did at this one. Right. I can't remember how it went, but yeah. Right. Well, first question, I guess, would be, you know, because you, I mean, I think all, the whole U.S. team was expected to do very well there. But you just came off the world team trials the week before. You got on a plane the Monday after World Team Trials, go to Brazil, you know, whatever happens with that. Now, I'm not even counting the, uh, you know, the whole mess on Friday just yet. And then Saturday, you know, there's your tournament. You know, you, you know, dismantle two guys. I think what well, I think both were eight nothing, you know, techs pretty, pretty, pretty fairly quickly. In fact, um, did it feel I don't know. You know, did it feel like a, a good, like, first event 
you know, after after making your second world team, you know, you're going to uh, a tournament you've been in before, you know, a tournament you've been successful in before, and then, bam, you just you just blitz right through. Two matches, gold medal, your second Pan Ams championship. It must have felt pretty good, no? No, I mean, it felt great. It was kind of, you know, I, I, you're kind of, like, usually planning on going on break right after the trials, but so it was kind of good that it was right directly after after the trial, so I can kind of like keep in mind it, and then I can kind of like take a break right after that instead of like taking a break then like hitting up the, the tournament. But I felt like for what I was trying to do, I mean, it was kind of a really it was kind of a smaller tournament, but I as far as what I was trying to accomplish stylistically, I think I accomplished what I was what I was trying to do. I was trying to just relax and trying to find like opportunities and like not hesitate when, when they're when they arrived and i think i did i did good as far as that goes are you are you a tough marker cheney following performances you know do you re-watch matches from you know whatever from whatever event it could be i mean it was the nationals and it was schultz and whatever else after like uh do you go back look analyze I don't know. Take notes. I don't know what you people do. Do you? I've I've never been a big video watcher of myself. Like sometimes if I know like a guy does a technique really good that I'm trying to do, I'll go and watch the way he does it. But I don't really. I've never been into like watching like videos of myself or people that I'm like uh, going against. I, I know it helps, but I've just never really done a lot of that myself. Yeah. Paul, does it help? Yeah, it definitely does. You know, you you find out what your tendencies are. You know, I watch five matches and you'll pick up some things that if your opponent watches you, they're going to look for too. So I think it helps, you know, quite a bit watching yourself. What about the prospect of watching potential opponents, uh, you know, like, you know, scouting? Is, is that, is, I mean, this... I think other I think guys have different approaches. Is, is that more of a mental thing, or is that another is that another mechanism to key in on? I personally, for me, I think you definitely have to watch your opponents. You got to know what they're good at. You got to know their tendencies, and and when you have that, there's not really any surprises when you go out there and compete against them. If you don't watch them, half the time you don't know what they do. So, I mean, it's nice to know what guys are good at, what to stay out of, and and how to attack them. I mean, I, and, uh, when I was competing, I'd watch matches where they've won and when they when my opponents lost. And uh, that way it would give you an idea on how to beat them and, and what to stay away from. Right. I don't know. Well, Cheney don't like doing it, so... Uh, <laughs> benefit just not something i've done a lot like uh I, I plan on doing it for worlds i know herb house is he's the coach here and he's he has like a list of videos that i guess he's gonna have me go over so it's not something i'm against or anything it's just something i haven't done spend a lot of time with in the past they got a whole software program what what i'd say you know cheney if you haven't done it much is uh, grab a piece of paper, write the opponent's name down, write, you know, do a scout, full scouting report, you know, which leg does he lead, 
you know, what's his first move off the whistle, you know, all that type of stuff, you know, and then yeah. look for tendencies and things like that. You know, it's nice to know what side a guy guts to and what side he lifts to or, or what his best takedown is or how he gets taken down. You know, does he get tired at, at the four minute mark, you know? Yeah. Just kind of basic template of what to look for when you're, yeah when you're watching. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Matt, you know what's you no? Know what's interesting is that it's it, it for Cheney's generation. You know, a lot of these, a lot of foreign opponents, they're not they're not tough to find tape on. You know, I mean, uh, just look at yeah, YouTube, UWW, whatever. Look up an yep. event and you can find them. You know, when Hall was I, what Hall like in the nineties, you probably had to like train. Yeah, it was on the reels. You know. No, nah, it, it was on reels. <laughs> yeah, you probably had to do a little research to find stuff back then. Exactly. It was pretty tough, you know, and then you'd ask USA Wrestling for it, and it would take them a month to get it to you, you know. Yeah. Just was a lot different than the way it is today. Cheney, yeah. how about the fire? Um, you know, I mean, it's it's. – I'm not going to say it's funny funny now. It's a little funny now. Um, yeah. but on Friday, it probably wasn't hilarious. Uh, you know, it, it, it seemed like, <laughs> it seemed like, it's, it seemed like utter chaos because I was watching the feed on track wrestling. The last thing that I saw was Tuma basically just walking off the platform. Feed started yeah. getting glitchy. Um, and then it was just mass confusion, you know, um, it was just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then you see, you start to see pictures floating on Twitter and stuff, like Hancock gets involved and uh, Immel from USA Wrestling um, shared a picture of everybody outside the hotel and, I mean, outside the arena going back to the hotel and stuff like that. Uh, out of all the times you've been overseas competing, I'm going to go ahead and guess that was your first fire. That, that was That was my first fire ever. I mean... I don't know. I'm sure they don't have the fire codes over there in South America like uh, like the U.S. I don't know how common it is over there, but it, it was pretty wild. I just remember seeing a bunch of smoke, and then you just start, start hearing people screaming out "Fuego," which means uh, fire in, <laughs> fire in uh, Spanish. And I see like both sides of the bleachers, just like everybody's pouring into them, and I'm and I'm. I was thinking I'm, I was more afraid of getting stampeded than I was of the actual fire. So I, I had to jump over the railing to like get out of that thing. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. There was openings, like there's ways to get out of the building, like pretty easy. It was just, I mean, you never know. It's just some, some kind of explosion or backdraft's going to happen. So I don't think anyone wasted any time, but yeah, it was, I was pretty happy they got the thing going the next day. So did they uh, change venues or no? No. Well, we we were almost going to just wrestle over at the hotel because it, it was so yeah. humid over there. I didn't know how they were going to get the smoke out of the ceiling. It was just like the whole ceiling was just filled with a cloud of smoke. But Yeah, know, they ended up getting soot everywhere too the next day. Yeah, the next day you like went in the building and you could smell it. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And, and you know what? The mats were extraordinarily slippery too, huh? Yeah, I don't know if you could see on the video, but if you're watching people wrestling, the feet were just slipping the whole time. Like, I, I wasn't even planning on driving my guy. I just tried to keep keep my feet moving up and down just so I didn't plant a lot on the ground, Matt. But. I mean, they were they were mopping, I, I mean, at the break, before matches. They'd they'd mop after matches, then they'd mop again sometimes before the next one. Because there was a there were a lot of breaks too. It, I mean, there was a, there were a lot of good pauses between bouts. Yeah. It wasn't was it wasn't like hey one match ends and then you know what thirty seconds later here's another one bang 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 bang. Like there were breaks and they were just like, I mean they were swabbing that thing and it didn't matter. Yeah, you know, guys. Every single match they tried to wipe it down, but I, I mean it didn't it didn't really matter. <laughs> no, was it really? So was it just humid? Yeah, it's just that was humid. Like after after you got your warm up, like I I couldn't even put a dry shirt on because I was trying to wait for my sweat to die down, and it just never did. Like I was just sitting up in the bleachers with my shirt off the whole tournament. Wow. Yeah, and I know. There's we, yeah. I saw you, I saw you yeah. in the background. Yeah, but I don't know. It was like in. I was trying to figure out how I was going to wrestle. I'm like, if I'm going to get a throw on this guy, I'm going to have to hit it like right in the first 20 seconds or so. Before everybody's too lathered up. Yeah. Was it, was it tough to kind of come down from it, you know, or was it like a, or was it like a letdown? You know, because you, you're at the tournament on Friday. You're, I, I don't know. I'm guessing you're in like, you know, what, I, your zone or whatever you want to call it. And then it's like, ah, you know what? You're not going today. Now you're going tomorrow. Or are you just too experienced by this point to where it really didn't make too much of a dent? Yeah, I, I don't. I think in my mind, like after I got on the team, like I'm thinking this competition is more like practice. So I. I every kind of adversity that you run into because you don't, you never know what's going to happen anytime you compete. So just little things that happen like that, you're just like, okay, just how am I going to deal with this? So it's kind of, it's kind of like practice for situations like that, like is how I was thinking. So I don't know. Yeah. I didn't let anything bother me. Bother me when I was over there. See, this is why I'm weak call because that would have broke me. I'd have been like, all right, guys, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I hear you. It, it was entertaining, if anything. You know, it's just like a, like now I look back at it, it's just kind of like a funny story, but it's kind of hectic while you're over there. Paul, what what was it? The Pan Ams for you? I, I think I was talking about this with somebody else last week. Where were you when you uh, was it the Pan Am? So it, was it Columbia or whatever? Where where you're on the bus and everybody's got AK-47s or something like that? Yeah, it was Pan Am's in uh, 2000, I believe. It was crazy, and I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, it just made you realize uh, we live in a pretty good country. You know, I mean, our referees driving home to see his parents, a couple hours away, and People jump out onto the road, point, having guns pointed at him. He gets robbed, you know, and he speaks it, and it was it wasn't good, you know. I I didn't leave my hotel for, you know, 
any time during a, a week and a half that we were there besides to go to competition hall. That was it. Well, this this is maybe this is um, maybe this is American arrogance. It, it probably is, but I really just don't understand why. I don't understand why that tournament can't be in America every year. All the other countries like coming here, you know. There's not there's not going to be a fire in the building. You just have it. Why can't I mean other? There are certain events on the calendar internationally that take place in the same country every year. Now I get this is a continental championships and it's not some you know uh, you know signature kind of tournament beholden to you know a specific region, but at the same time you. Just streamline the thing, you know. Every year, you know where it's going to be. It's going to be in a nice, safe environment. Nobody's going to get killed. Nobody's going to get robbed. The f- place isn't going to burn the fuck down. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Is that arrogance, bias, naivety? I, I think it's a little bit of bias. I mean, with uh, people, with us, it would be great if it was that way, but. Because, you know, you don't have to do any time change or that much travel. But, uh, you know, I, I was down in Argentina for the 95 Pan Ams, up in Winnipeg for the, uh, man, what year was that? I don't even remember. But it was, I was up in Winnipeg, I think maybe 99, and uh, then in Colombia. And, you know, the only bad experience I had was Columbia and I, I just, you know, it was just, I didn't feel safe. The other ones were great. I, I thought it was, you know, done real well and safe and it was good. Ah, whatever. I'm flying the flag, bro. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I like that. All right. Anyway, so Cheney lived and then the next day, he went ahead and I don't know, teched out two guys inside both in the I don't know, first two minutes of the first period or something crazy like that, I think, right? You didn't go to the second period, did you at all on Saturday? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? It's it's always enjoy I mean, it's enjoyable to watch you wrestle anyway, but it it's fun. It's fun. I mean, watching US guys period, it, it you know, dismantle other countries is great, but you do it. You do, you know, when you tech out a guy, Cheney, you do it like a gentleman. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's no, there's no doubt. There's no, I mean, you what Pat Smith, I bought this up on the Lindland report. When Patrick, Patrick Smith is the kind of wrestler that when he, when he techs some dude out, I mean, he, you know what, to be honest with you, when Pat Smith wins three to one, it's the same. It's like this violent, kind of exchange every five seconds it's you know he's just he's like a you know he's like animal from the muppet babies or something like he's just kind of crazy just he just doesn't stop and i think i i likened you to uh like you're a smooth operator you know it's it's like a, a very it's clean it's like focused technically you know so when you when you go ahead and pile up points it's like aesthetically pleasing I must say, I think Hall would probably agree. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's got a lot of good technique that flows together. And, you know, he, 
It's uh, it's crisp when he hits his throws. Like the arm throw. No, I was thinking that from uh, Nationals in December. Oh, the finals, right? Against Chavez, right? That that yeah, that was that was pretty quick too, right? That was in the first period, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, I I try to hit that move if I do like right right off the bat, just because. It's just, I mean, anywhere you're wrestling, it's going to get kind of slippery. I feel like the guys are a little more kind of static right right when you start wrestling them. And they kind of loosen up, like, uh, in the second period. I feel like it just works better in the right off the bat. But, yeah. Well, sweat was an issue on Saturday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was probably, like, the most humid venue i've ever i've ever had a wrestle in what happened with um i mean I, you know what i i could operate on assumption here and i've i think i've talked to coach lindlin twice already since uh he's been back or thereabouts i think i don't know um and i forgot to ask him this but did, they didn't do anything about uh the weigh-ins did they i mean you weighed in what thursday you didn't have to re-weigh in or anything crazy like that on friday did you no, we didn't, but, I mean, it was cutting it close. Like, for missing our fights, though, because I, I didn't know if they are going to still drug test us, and they still ended up drug testing us, and that took a little while. And then after after we got done done with the, the uh, drug test, we couldn't, like, find a ride home to the hotel to, like, get our stuff. And so, I don't know. It was all – it was cutting it close. Yeah, well, at least everything worked out. You guys made it home. Yeah, in the end, it all worked out good. Were you happy to come home? Like, like thrilled to come home? Yeah, yeah. Every single flight, I was just hoping everything like went went like smooth, just because of how the trip went. But every everything went good. I was glad to be home. Okay, all right. Now we'll rewind back to the uh, what. Two weeks ago, I guess two and no, almost three weeks ago was the trials. Now at this point, um, I don't even know what today's date is. I think it's eleven. It's eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Okay. I can see it on my computer screen. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so it was almost two weeks ago, right? Um, well, first and foremost, I guess the the the, fir- the the question that pops in my mind right away is. Getting on the team this year, does this feel like? I don't want to say uh, some, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it, you know, some kind of melodramatic thing, but does it feel like it? Re- I don't know. In a way, validates, you know, your career. You know, not that you, not that you're, you needed to prove anything necessarily, but. I mean, making two, being on two teams at the very least is a whole lot different than just being on one. And looking at where you are at this stage in your career, this making this team seems special. It's, I mean, I don't know if that's how you see it, but when I think of 2011 and it's like you jump, it's 2017, it was the same thing with your open titles. If I'm not mistaken, it was 2010, and then that was 16, you know? And it, there seems to be some kind of cross section here, some kind of, you know, synergy. But did this one feel 
I guess, I mean, to make it concise, did this one feel special? Um, it did, but, but really like when I, when I came back for wrestling, like in my mind, I, I didn't come back just to get on a team. I think in my mind I came back cause I, I still felt I could do more than I've done. So I think what's exciting about being on the team is I get an opportunity to do that. Cause now I get a chance to go get, go get my medal. Like, like I, like I thought I could do so. So really, really, it's all starting right now. Like I've taken like a few days off and I'm ready to get back to like work at, at this point. So, I mean, it's, it's great to get back on the team, but I'm still like focused looking to do out like this year at Worlds. This is like what I came here to do. Not really just to get back on the team. Well, you had quite a tournament. Um, yeah. And you had a tough semifinal match with uh, Courtney Myers. He like he looked bad. I mean, he looked better at that tournament than I think he even did at any point in 2015 or 14. Um, he had his he had his A game, uh, and he went. You know, that's it was especially more striking considering that in 2016 he was. Uh, you know, he was he didn't have a, he didn't put together any real strong performances as he was injured as well. And to see him, I mean, to see him come back strong and give you a good match, it it made me realize just, you know, I thought going into the trials this year, I thought 80 was a well-rounded weight class just in terms of talent and, uh, you know, where guys were at in their respective careers, their stages of their careers and things like that. But if, you know, I thought 71 was, you know, extremely deep. I thought, I mean, 85 by far and away was the sickest weight class in the entire tournament. Um, and then there was 98. And so 80 was definitely uh, a respectable weight, a tough weight. But going into that weekend, I was like, okay, well, we, we know who the main guys are. You know, we know it's you. We know it's Spieler. Uh, we know it's uh, Stavanovich. We know uh, Stangles coming up and stuff like that. But 80 wound up having a lot of really kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, like out of left field performances or anything like that, but certainly stronger performances than, than somebody like myself really saw coming, uh, going into it. Uh, so it's, it's, I don't know, it was like a, a really compressed kind of weight class. And then obviously your final your two matches with Stavanovich, you've had a couple of battles with him in recent months. I think, uh, I think the first one of this, I don't know if you, I, I don't have you tracking with him before, but maybe it did, but I know you wrestled him in December in Vegas, and then you wrestled him a month and a half later at Schultz. And that Schultz match stood out to me, uh, between, uh, you and him because he was actually wrestling very well in that match before you started kind of taking over <laughs> later on. Um, did you have any kind of bullet points in your head going into your final with Stevanovich stuff that you were, you know, that you maybe remembered from last time? Yeah, I did. I mean, both, both times I wrestled him, the, I mean, I, I didn't even know who he was before this year, but both. And so going into the match, both time I wrestled him, he's racked up like a bunch of points, like, and I had to come back like from a deficit. So, I knew I knew that if he was the kind of guy that if you 
did anything dumb, like he he could take advantage of it. So I knew I was gonna I was gonna kind of start the match out hard, but I wasn't going to like uh, make mistakes. I just wanted to keep like the pressure on and keep everything close. And uh, I don't know, I didn't want to get into anything too dangerous with him. But I don't know. He felt he's opportunistic for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I remember the Schultz. I think I tried like a duck under, and he hit me like with a headlock. Right. Just stuff like I didn't I didn't expect just because I didn't know who he was, but just after knowing like how he wrestles, like he'll he'll take advantage of, of stuff that you do wrong. So I think like going into it, I was kind of a little more prepared this time. Yeah, I mean it it was and and I I remember talking to you. Um, I remember talking to you, I think in September October last year. It was before the you know. Uh, the Farrell, the non-Olympic weight world team trials. And I, I don't know if this was off the record, on the record, or whatever it was, but I remember commenting, like, uh, you know, to the effect, like, I, I don't know. I, th- I, I think you're still uh, in your athletic prime here. <laughs> I mean, from my vantage point, um, and you said, uh, you know, I'm not going to go pull the quote uh that you know you you might have slowed down a little or something like that and i don't know man like i'm not saying this because you won the world team trials in hall you could absolutely jump in on this but if i watch a match of yours now and compare it to one obviously from let's say eight years ago or thereabouts six years ago five years ago whatever i mean there's no doubt you're a better wrestler now i mean i'm not crazy for thinking that right no, not at all. I, he's a lot smarter. He knows how to pressure more. I mean, watching him out at the Open this year, he was on the guys, just constant pressure and, uh, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity that he had. So, you know, I think when you're younger, you're a little bit more wild and willing to take more risks. And, uh, you know, I think with the age that he has, he's become smarter. Yeah. No, I no no doubt. I feel like I'm the best best I ever have been right now. Um, I mean, my style's probably changed just because I think I I know more than I used to. But I mean, I still try to like push the pace. Like I remember when I first started wrestling, like American guys like watching like Dennis Hall or Grunewald or Bracken and stuff like. That kind of style they had, that just in-your-face style, is what what made me love Greco. So I still, I still try to keep that, but but at the same time, like I feel like I'm always trying to develop like technique and 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 stuff, just to just to better myself that way. I don't I don't I feel like if anything, maybe I recover a little slower between practice to practice to practice. But I know when I'm like in the room, like warmed up, like halfway through the practice, I'm just like as agile as I was like eight years ago. I, yeah. Shane, well, how old are you? I'm 32. 32. Yeah. yeah he's, 30, like a, he's like a Christmas baby a or Smart. You know, yeah. Got to listen to the body too. Yeah. And I, I'm fortunate enough right now that the coaches kind of know that like Momir will tell me like, uh, just come talk to him. Like if you're, feeling like tired like there's no like 
there's no, you don't have to just drop your pride and like take like maybe a practice off if you feel like too much. But for me, I just feel like I just want to be consistent. Like I, I'm, I don't want to go into practice and feel like I'm half-assing it, just going through the motions. I want to feel like everything I do, like I'm putting my mind into it a hundred percent. So I don't, I don't mind like taking like maybe like a couple goes like every, every now and then off. So, I mean, I think that's what, kind of where I'm at right now in my career. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it just seems that we, when a guy turns 30, you know, we start to look at them differently for some reason. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. You know, it's 2017 for crying out loud. You know, a 30-year-old is not the same kind of 30-year-old that was walking the earth, you know, in 1965 either. You know, we're smarter now just, you know, as a whole, we have science, we have different training techniques, nutrition, all of these variables. I, I just, I think that we put too much stock into, you know, I mean, there's no doubt, I'm sure, that, you know, with age comes like, you know, like Janie was saying, you know, you, you don't recover quite as fast and stuff like that. I'm, I, I look at, I'm not, I was never an elite athlete. I could tell you that, <laughs> I could tell you that's true because I sprained my ankle uh, kicking a tiny little soccer ball with my kids and and I'm out, I'm done. But at the same time, it's it's almost like we blow this up. It's like, oh, well, he's, you know what? He's 30 now. He's getting a little long in the tooth. You know, Cheney's 32, you know, like big deal. I, I mean, he's, he's telling you himself that after getting warm in, in the practice room, he feels as agile and quick as he did, you know, nearly a decade ago. So, I mean, that just serves the purpose. I mean, we are making too much of this a lot of times, aren't we, Hall? Yeah, I think we are. I think uh, with the age, you know, positions you don't want to be in and you don't put yourself in compromising positions. So injury at above 30, you're probably less likely to get injured because you're wrestling smarter. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And a stupid yeah. point. <laughs> it's, like, it's just it's a lot it's a lot of mental too. Like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I try to make up a lot for it. Just I feel like I do a lot of other stuff smarter too. Like I eat better. I go to sleep. Like I don't Do you have a very yeah. regimented diet? Not really. I just try to, I just try to not eat unhealthy. Like I don't have like a specific diet that I do. I just try to get like, eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of just like eat the right foods. But I don't know. And far, far as like an age, like it's, it's funny. Cause like in the, in the room over at, in the Springs right now, we got a really young room. Like, uh, I remember back, back like when Dennis was wrestling, I would go to the training center and there was like four or five guys like older than I am now. Yep. They're all way up in their thirties. Like they called me in the room. Some of the guys started joking around. They call me uncle Cheney. <laughs> Cause I'm like, a, like a, I'm like a decade older than, but it, yeah, Lonnie used to call me grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa. But, but honestly, I, I've embraced it just cause it's kind of like, uh, it's just like a challenge in the room, you know, yeah. that, 
that speaks to that also speaks to the dynamics of this country too though is that uh I don't know if we've ever covered this on the air lack of a better term hall but I mean we're just shuffling guy we we just we we can't keep we can't keep the we can't keep the older athlete in this country because they just can't afford to keep wrestling once they're in their thirties. They just, they just, we can't keep yeah. them, we can't keep them competitive, you know? That's yeah. Funny. There's not a lot of support there. And then, you know, how to, with the little budget we have, like, I think <clears throat> sometimes it's almost smarter. Like Matt tries to go after the younger guys just cause it's a better investment. Cause he's only got so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but at the same time, they, USA wrestlers to take better care of you guys and and make it worth your time too. You know, I mean, you guys have the experience. We just got to get you the right uh, training atmosphere and get you the the right partners that can help you win those world medals that we're missing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the key right there is just figuring out a way to support. I mean, if you look at like a city or something, like the only thing keeping that like fueled is just jobs. It's just like opportunity anywhere like that keeps it going. So I don't. That's pretty, and you don't really need that much as far as like a as like a wrestler's. You need you need to be able to pay your rent. You need like a facility, maybe like a sports med, like a. I don't think a lot of athletes are asking for a lot. You just need to no. be able to support yourself pretty much. And I don't know. I think it's hard in America. There's so much opportunity going on. It's easy to get distracted and, and yeah. chase something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but it's also hard in America to, I mean, forget supporting yourself. I mean, Hall, you know this better than anybody. I mean, if you if you do want to have a family and things like that, it's just I mean it doesn't matter if you're in your 30s. I mean you could be in your 20s. I mean that's not even an age thing. That's a station in life thing. It's just it's difficult to keep competing if this is your complete. You know we we talk about these guys all the time. They are professional athletes. You know they are elite professional athletes in in the context of our sport in this community and. You know they can't they can't continue to apply their trade if because if they have you know a couple mouths to feed outside of them and their wives or partners or whomever they got to bounce they they can't even you know and I think it applies to Greco probably more than other sports or other styles with uh, women's and freestyle. Just because in freestyle they have the college clubs and a lot of the guys that are training have jobs through the colleges or are sponsored by, uh, you know, different clubs where they can make more money. You know, in Greco, you know, we're like, uh, you know, the stepchild, I guess. And, you know, we ain't supported as well. And, you know, that brings up the topic with Beat the Streets. You know, why isn't there Greco and beat the streets right now? Huh. Sorry, I had to bring it up, man. No, I know. I was just hoping you were going to wait like five minutes. <laughs> like that way I could go like grab a water. Yeah, water. but it was a great way to tie it in. No, it was an expert segue. Um, it just shows the kind of polish we're starting to put on this program, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, <laughs> obviously, um, obviously, 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 uh, Beat the Streets um, inclusion inclusion of Greco has always been um, a more or less a courtesy at best. Uh, the event has been going on since 2010, if I'm not mistaken. There's been a lot of really good opportunities to, you know, highlight different athletes in the in Greco in this country that were never really seized upon appropriately. I mean, I think even one time. They, they, it was, uh, the best they did was they put, uh, Ellis, Ellis Coleman and, and Spencer together in an exhibition match type of, type of situation where they both just kept bombing each other. Um, but overall, the numbers are, uh, incredibly, incredibly discouraging. Um, the first Beat the Streets was in May of 2010. And, Last year's was 2016, and then I guess altogether there's been, if I'm not mistaken, 11, 11 total Greco matches in the history of the event, somewhere in that neighborhood, I believe. You know, I mean, if we want to get medals, I'm going to cut you off for a second. No, if we want to get medals, we got to have our best wrestlers getting good quality matches, and you know, I mean, the freestylers get good matches every year at Beat the Streets, you know, which helps them prepare and, and get mentally ready to compete against the best in the world. And, you know, why can't we do that for Greco in the United States? We need somebody to step up and do something like that, you know, and make it where our top Greco guys get a great match, you know, and get tested. Well, Beesick got a great match go back, last year, though. Yeah. No, I, yeah, one guy. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I know that. I'm just. You know okay. what? We have eight guys going to the world. Yeah. Oh, Jamie, way, would you like, would you like a match? I mean, I beat the streets wrestling in front of the crowd, you know, and having to get ready to, to wrestle one of the top five guys in the world. I'd love a match. <laughs> exactly. Pretty kind of opportunity like that, but you know, I don't know. I mean, I ch- I challenge our Greco Greco sponsors in the United States to do their job and and make it happen. You know, there, there's a way to get it done. You know, even if the matches aren't televised and they only want to televise freestyle, I don't care. But you know, you could have the Greco matches. You know, not on TV. Who cares? You know, put it after the freestyle, but keep the crowd there so the crowd sees Greco too. Right. Um, well, first and foremost, I got to correct a number. That number is not eleven; it's seven matches, seven Greco yeah, I matches. I thought you were high. I yeah. thought it was high. And, but you also can't count 2014 because 2014, the World Cup, uh, kind of. Uh, you know, whatever interrupted it, but nevertheless, seven, seven, seven. I mean, that's, that's, that's so, less than that team. <laughs> that's less than the team. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
it's in, it's incredibly low. And I think, look, Cheney's not going to be able to. And listen, Cheney, we love you, okay? And and I think uh, we probably mean that when we say it. But Cheney can't say to Cheney probably doesn't no. want to like uh, crack this walnut wide open. Right well, now. I'll crack it. I don't care. Okay. I, it's it's but, not fair, man. Well, here's the problem. Okay, if we're going to open it up the right way, and I'm going to get my blood pressure high, the problem isn't just the fact that there's a, a light participation of Greco, a low inclusion rate for Greco. The problem is is that not only is it on purpose, but it seems like they enjoy leaving it out. That's the sentiment that kind of looms in the background of all of this, if I might, okay? I don't think if it was if you were just going to say it's beat the streets freestyle showcase you know you throw freestyle in there as part of the name or something like that but I mean you couldn't say anything about it but that's not how it's packaged it's packaged as the country's best wrestlers versus the world or versus whatever country it is you know see the country's see the world's best talent see the world's best wrestlers that's how this stuff is kind of packaged okay and the casualty to all of this and why I sometimes feel bad knocking it is because it's a fantastic cause. I mean, Beat the Streets is not a good cause. It's a great cause. Okay? Yeah, I'm certainly sure. not uh, speaking ill of it. Okay. But the cause and the event are mutually exclusive properties in this case. You know, it's it's not the fact that there isn't Greco. It's, if, it's, it's also that there isn't Greco and, and you just you just know that they love it, like that it feels good, like they, they want to leave it out, okay? I'm sure, I am sure anybody connected to the event would, you know, completely speak the opposite of what I just said. No, no. You know, just... I mean, look look at every year during the Olympics, they say, why, get rid of Greco. Why, why do they have Greco in the Olympics? You know what? That's the American mentality. I don't know if it's ever going to change, but it's a joke. I mean, you know what? When there's more competitors worldwide in Greco-Roman wrestling than there is in freestyle, you know, it's it's tougher to win a world medal at the Greco level than it is freestyle. Look at the numbers. Period. Exactly. You know, and the sad part is, is we don't have the support in the United States and we need more support. We need to support our athletes better. And until we do that, we're going to keep missing medals at the world championships. You know what? It's about winning medals. It ain't about, you know, favoring one style over another. It's about giving the athletes what they need so they can do their job when it comes August. Yeah. Well, it's events like these, though, that, you know, that could potentially attract not only, an, a, you know, a growing fan base, but also potential parts, exactly, participants in the future. And so that's why it's such a blight, you know. I, that's I, what hurts. It hurts. It really does. And, and it's funny. Because... I remember, okay, time out. I remember being at a world championships when I won my uh, – Metal, and there was a guy within USA Wrestling. He'll he'll know who he is, but saying that Greco's easier in freestyle, and I just laughed at him and I said, "You haven't got a clue." I mean, I it, it's stuff I, like that. It's a, it's the mindset that, or not the mindset, whatever you want to call it, 
that people have towards Greco in the United States. I, you know what? It's one of the toughest sports out there. You know, you got half the body to work with, and you got to manipulate it to score points. You know, and and it's not like we have, you know, thousands of coaches or great coach. We do have great coaches in the U.S., but not for how big our country is. It's hard to get those coaches to coach at the youth level, too. Yeah. It's a lack of coaches' education, too. Yeah, for sure. And I know it's tough. It, it is. It, but you know what? We got to keep working on it, guys that are retiring. Got to give back to the sport. Well, uh, you know, that's that seems to be the, the circle of life. Um, I, I, I don't think it's just that with the current climate, this kind of matters more. This, I mean, it matters more this year, especially because you you could see Greco dropping off, dropping off an event like this. You know, numbers dipping, numbers dipping, and then last year in a, in an Olympic year, mind you, um, they have one match. You know, and the only carrot that Greco has is that Robbie uh, gets to MC the thing. You know, like it's just it's how can we. I get, you know, Beat the Street's a private organization. It's separate from USA Wrestling. Um, so they make the, they make these decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it, it's, we don't have a ton of, op- we didn't even have a Pinto Cup this year for crying out loud. You know, I mean. But my question is, why can't we, you know, hold something right after that, you know, keep the stage up for an extra hour? hour, hour and a half, two hours, and do eight Greco matches for our number one guys. Why can't USA Wrestling fund foreigners, eight foreigners, to come over and wrestle? Let's be honest. We It, it wouldn't even have to be in Times Square. I don't know if we – no, we didn't, we didn't talk about this with uh, Spencer or even Betterman, but – you know, there was a period in time in the uh, – I, I, Cheney would probably remember this. Uh, there was a period in time in I think it was like the mid-2000s or whatever where I think it was a few years there leading up to the NYAC tournament. There would be like a team of U.S. guys versus, you know, some other country. You know, I think one year it was Romania. One year it was Korea. um you know, I think uh, maybe Japan was in there too. And these 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 dual meets were held in um, high schools. A few of them, I believe, yeah. were in New Jersey. I went to I know I I went to a couple of them, and they were packed. Okay, and if you know anything about New Jersey, which I don't know if either of you do, but if you know anything about New Jersey, New Jersey is a madly passionate folk style high school wrestling state. I mean, I mean incredibly so and the stands were packed and people were loud like just really loud and excited it was like adrenalizing you know just sitting there you know and i you you have to kind of remember that because it speaks to the exact opposite of anybody who has some kind of you know misguided opinion that greco isn't marketable 
you know, when, when Jermiel Byers lifted up, you know, the, the heavyweight from Romania or wherever, the, the, the it, it was like watching a, a WWF card, you know, like everybody started screaming. I mean, for crying out loud, I think people were doing the wave. Like it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, and it gets like that every time. I, I, I don't understand how we're missing the boat marketing wise. Yo, Thielke last year when he went and fived Ildar in the Olympic trial finals, there were, you know, that's, I mean, there's 10,000 people there and all that. I don't know what percentage of those fans are Greco fans or whatever. There were people high-fiving, high-fiving each other because they were that pumped up over it. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet that they weren't Greco people. You know, they were just randoms. For sure. You know? So, like, it's just, I, I, I don't think it's, I mean, I've, I've talked about it before, you know, in other places and other ways, but like, it's a perception problem that just, that they won't let go away, you know? Like, it's like almost as if they, they know that there's. I mean, that, that brings up another point, you know, the Clubs Cup, too. The Clubs yeah. Cup in, yeah. in Budapest? No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking, or whatever it's called in the U.S. They have the freestyle and the. Oh, the, you're talking about the recent stuff with the university yeah. duels. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, university duels. I mean, oh. it's similar, you know. Yeah, it is similar. It's actually worse in a way because that's developmental. Um, that's developmental. Um, you know. Hey, Cheney, you could jump in at any time here, by yeah. the way. Um, <laughs> but the, you no, I think, think those, all these dual meet things are just, in my opinion, they're great for the sport. Like, I've I've known, like, Dave Kirby has thrown a lot of them at the Kirby Cup. Yeah, and, right, yes, you know, of course. Like you, you, like you said, you put them in these high school. A lot of these kids, they don't really know about Greco, but they just see, like, they're like, hey, these are some Olympic world-class athletes wrestling and all the ones I've participated in, they're, they're always exciting. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm a big fan of them. These like kind of dual meet kind of things. It's like, you feel like you're actually at a real sporting event. Right. It's the venue helps the keeping it somewhat intimate, you know, a, a thousand people or whatever it is, you pack them in. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a big venue because it could be kind of a smaller one, but as long as the building's packed and you got people cheering around you, I don't know. It's it's exciting for people to watch, in my opinion. And you're and he and, and you make a great point too, is that you tell the kids, hey, these are world class Olympic level wrestlers here, you know, this is what you're you know, supposedly aspiring to. And Bam, you put it right in front of their face, and it's like, here you go, Ace. You know, here's the yeah. whole dual meet of the, of the country's best wrestlers go against guys from, you know, wherever, Japan, Georgia, Hungary. It's just, I, I, yeah. I don't, we're just constantly missing the boat on this. Yeah. No. Yeah, you market it at the schools, you get, like, the kids are kind of excited about it, and then you just film it. I don't know. Yes, you film it. You, you, there's a, you, you, you video it. You whatever, stream it. You, you do a lot with it. There's a just a ton of potential. I mean, uh, Hall should fund I mean, yeah, every, these things. Every tournament, yeah, maybe in a year or two. 
Every yeah. tournament what? But every tournament right now has, uh, like, where you got to pay to watch it. So you, you could do something like that and, you know, get some of the best wrestlers throughout the world coming over, giving our guys good matches and live streaming. You know, I, I think you'd make, you'd at least break even. There's enough people that would pay to see it. Yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely opportunity in it. No, I think you could use it. I, if anything, I think you could use it as a, as an awesome fundraising effort, um, for sure. I, I I don't think this is a situation where you you at the end of the night you'd be in the red. You know, yeah. I, I I certainly don't. You know, you you know you're. I mean, listen, I, I don't know if we want to spend ten minutes going over like you know the logistics and planning of an event of an event like that, but you know. But well, it could I, work. Oh, I firmly believe in it. I, I really, I, I do. Um, I, I, I know, I know, I know it would be terrific if we could have some kind of, you know, regular type of situation. You know, I brought up the idea of, of, you know, what if, you know, it wouldn't work because of the way we have things structured here. But I mean, like, you know, like they had the, they have, I think there have been two of them now. They had the Clubs Cup. Cheney wrestled in it this year in, uh, in Hungary right before the uh, the week before the – or a couple of days before, whatever it was, before the non-Olympic weight world team cha- world championships. And, um, you know, I don't know if we have the depth necessarily in the U.S. to where we'd be able to have, like, let's say, like our own, like, U.S. Clubs Cup, you know, I mean, I'm ignoring the training situations here too when I when I talk about it. So far as you know, um, you know, for instance, Cheney, Cheney and Robbie uh, and Ben are are NYAC athletes, right? But they it's not like they train together. Uh, well, I mean, Cheney and Robbie, I guess. But like, it's not like everybody's at these like you know separate locations and everybody's all compartmentalized. You know, guys train wherever they train. But like, I mean, even if you were to do something like that and have a series of duels, I think that I mean maybe that's because I'm hardcore. But I just the point is, I mean, forget that for just even a second. It's not that's not even what I'm kind of gearing towards. It's just that like in order to present this to the American the American public, the the wrestling pub the casual wrestling public, which I consider to be, let's say, um youth wrestlers who are, you know, inexperienced with like the international styles, parents of youth wrestlers who just like they just take their kids to tournaments on the weekends from December to March, whatever it is. Like to present Greco to this segment, to me I think you present it in a dual meet format because they understand that, you know, they know what it looks like. They know what it looks like because they watch high school duels. They watch college duels, you know, and instead when they're, if they ever come across Greco, I mean, freestyle to a lesser extent, but freestyle, they already understand anyway, because it's everybody, you know, uh, grabbing the legs, but like you, you, you go and present it in a format that is automatic to them. They understand it, I think, a little bit easier, you know, and I, I think it just it makes it makes it makes it more enjoyable. Probably probably a higher retention rate, you know, yeah. at least of their attention for that night. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm I don't know. I might be I, out there. I, I agree. I think I think the tournament system, the like uh, anywhere 
for a wrestler, I think I like it just because I'm getting a lot of matches in. But unless you're if you're not a wrestler and you come watch some of these things, I can understand how it's going to be dull. But but the dual meet kind of format, like at least you got like a team that you're like cheering for. Like, you know, you know, at least you're cheering for like a certain team. Like a lot of these guys aren't going to know like a lot of the wrestlers on the mat because they don't know what's going on. No. And then you got to wait. So what if you, what if, what if some 14 year old kid is watching the open or, or whatever on uh flow or something like that. And for some reason or another, he takes a liking to, uh, you know, he watches one guy, you know, he watches Hancock bomb a guy. Okay. Well, now he's got to wait. Like, you know, he watches Hancock bomb a guy in the semifinals. Well, now that kid's got to wait all the way to the finals to see him again, you know? Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, you lose that kind of high, I think. Um, yeah, but in the in the dual meet, you got a team score, so you're kind of like following that the whole time. It's it's more than just like watching match after match. Right, and you build rivalry too. You build rivalries, yeah. and it's it's why it's why real pro wrestling didn't work. It, you know, real pro wrestling should have been awesome. And one of the reasons why, at least in my estimation, it didn't work is because they did it completely in a tournament format. You know, uh, week team. by week. Yeah, yep. it's just like what? Who cares? They you know? they got some teams. I think they could do it with. I mean, I I think it's great what what uh, Kerry Regner is doing over there in uh, Arkansas. He's getting the team together, and you get them like Northern Michigan, the New York AC, some of the military teams. I mean, you can figure out something. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, get sure. all on as a club coach or one of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, get, them, sure. get them involved. Get them involved. You know, get them angry. <laughs> get them motivated. Yeah, sure. But the university duels, gentlemen, that that was, uh, you know, I want to, I, I, I certainly, I don't want to end this episode on any kind of negative tip. But I mean, we do, you know, have to acknowledge the fact that like this was another thing. You know, this was another. I mean, we're talking about duels. Here was duels. You know, you know why don't my question is why don't the college programs have their guys wrestle Greco? You know, just do say hey, if you're wrestling freestyle, you wrestle Greco the next day. You know what? It, it's only going to help their athletes become better athletes. Uh, well, you know what? If I might, Hall, um, to even you know to, to your point even more, last year was the first running of that event. Okay, at George yeah. Mason, that's where it takes place, George Mason yep. Fieldhouse. Okay. Last year, that's how it was. It was Saturday was freestyle, Sunday was Greco. Saturday, there was like, you know, whatever, the better part of two dozen teams. And then yeah. Sunday, there were four teams who participated in the Greco duels, okay? This year, Greco was set for Saturday, not Sunday, okay? Saturday. If anything, it should have doubled the amount of participation, not completely fallen off the the map, you know? Like, so that that is a, an element to all of this that I, I find to be utterly confounding is that, I mean, I, the only thing I can possibly drum up in my head is that since the event, since, you know, it was wishy-washy uh, from from the jump as, as far as, you know, whether or not they were going to get the event off or whether they were going to include Greco or not, I think it didn't even, even if there were other club teams that who might have been interested, 
in throwing some kids out there at that point they're like well screw it we didn't even you know we we haven't even prepped for it this you know i i don't know i mean but the fact that it was saturday not sunday i thought that was a great selling point because when we when we talked to uh joe russell uh whatever a month ago or something like that when greco was put back in that i mean he was like yeah you know greco saturday i was like oh man that's that's awesome because you figure it's just going to increase participation at least by i i, I mean a, a quarter you know um but uh, no dice, no dice. And the fact that it's like this is all coming up at the same time as Beat the Streets, just it just I don't know. It just sticks with me wrong, you know, because Beat the Streets is next week. And then like the duels would, you know, if, it, just I don't know, man. It's just a rough week, <laughs> a rough week. Next week. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Cheney brought up Regner. Regner's yeah. team, Regner's team next year. I mean, even so far, uh, even so far, he's got some pretty decent recruits coming in. I'm not even sure that his team would uh, would be would even um, qualify for that kind of that kind of dual situation because they probably would. It would probably be a bunch of squash matches to him. You know, I mean, for the most part. Yeah, they're going to be pretty raw at that point, but I mean, just down the road, just the, it's just potentially like another team down the road that we'll oh, have. Yeah. This is oh, just a good, just another opportunity. So I just think it's a good, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. What about what about the potentiality? Okay, I think this was one of the first questions I asked Kerry when he was able to uh, birth that program at Williams Baptist. When I think one of the first questions I asked him was are you going to be able to have duels with northern because that would be like just awesome you know i mean just like i mean just storylines completely write themselves between you know him and you know drendel and uh the fact that it's like here's another you know college level full-time greco team just be it'd be terrific i mean probably have two of them a year or something like that yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome to have like a rivalry like that going on, like in Greco. But like we'll see how it, how it folds out. But the, that's just what I was talking about before, just like the whole dual meet setup. Like like you kind of know like the the backstories. You just like how they do in collegiate. Like you're kind of like sizing up everybody for the dual meet, and everybody's anticipating what's going to happen. So I think, uh, I think it's awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot. It's going. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think Kerry is such a talented, talented coach that um, he has he has done a great job. I think uh, in helping Drendel kind of launch the program. And uh, I, I I don't know. I give it a couple of years, and I think that like Northern's going to have some stiff competition when it comes to getting athletes. You know. I think Northern has been the the automatic. Uh, of course, it's been the automatic. It's been the only one. But yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I I could just see I could just see it like you know you got a hot young team, young coaches, and uh, there's going to be some pretty talented age group Greco wrestlers who really find Arkansas a whole lot more attractive than Marquette. I just think that's going to be 
I think that's going to be part of the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I agree. I mean, <clears throat> number one, the weather's better. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I love Marquette, but that's, that's definitely brutal winters up there. Yeah. Why you had many pleasant winters in Orem, Utah? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. I, I'm a downhill skier, so when we go over there, I'm, I'm I'm usually praying for the snow. But up in up in Michigan, it's a whole different story. It's usually like you, you got to wait till your hair dries before you like walk to class, like up there. But yeah, it's real cold. Yeah, Den- Dennis knows. <laughs> wait, wait. So Marquette is is colder than Stevens Point. Yeah, pretty much. I mean it. You got to so win. The, the, do, the dome of the, where you train at is right across the street from Lake Superior. Yeah. And so it's it's just covering the whole city. Oh, because, right, because the the water, the body of water affects the uh, atmosphere. Yeah, the lake effect is what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I live close to the ocean, and so it, it changes the weather system, you know, Um See, like I live at the Jersey Shore. It's only an hour from where I grew up, but it's a slightly different weather system here. You know, it's like just because you're close to the water. So if it if it gets cool, sometimes it gets way cooler here. But if it's if but if it's you know decent out, you know somewhat mild, it's way better here than it is up there. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, it's I guess magnifies it. everything. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see. It. I mean, it's completely irrelevant and off topic, and nobody cares. But I, I could see it. Yeah. I think I think Hall would trade places. I think Hall would like to come here. Yeah, better than here. <laughs> it was like forty-five degrees last night, though. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think we were high thirties, so you got me beat. Yeah, but come on. What's the difference between 45 and 38? Like, that's discernible if you walk outside. What was your temp today? Uh, I don't know, high 50s or something. Uh, yeah, about the same. Uh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So, Cheney, how's your uh, training look for the rest of the summer? It's. It looks like it's pretty, it's pretty busy. It looks like we're going to go after that. Portland trip. Uh, we're gonna head up to Georgia, Tbilisi, and we'll compete. Nice. Like right up, right off the bat, and then after that, we go up for a couple week training camp up in uh, in Hungary. And How many teams are gonna be there? Is it just Hungary? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know yet how much teams. I'm gonna have to ask that. I kind of after. After I got back from uh, Brazil, he kind of sent me the schedule, but I don't know any details like that. But hopefully, I've I've heard I've heard they from camp. I've actually been to a camp there before, and usually it's like three to five matches every single practice. They just do a lot of live live matches. Wow. So that's that's what I'm expecting it's going to be like. And then after that, I think it's going to all be in the U.S. I'm not sure. I'm hoping we're going to bring up some, maybe some foreigners to train with, but I'm, I'm not sure on that. I'm going to have to ask about that. 
going off of this week's uh, Coach Lindland report, that is you guys got after Oregon, like you said, uh, you know, Tbilisi in June, and then there's the camp in Hungary. Hopefully some international teams will be at that camp also. We'll spend a couple of weeks in Europe, and then we'll come to Colorado and take our guys through their final training camps in July. Next, we'll head over to France to acclimate in Montpierre, which is in the south part of the country. Then we'll head over to Paris, get our guys on the scale, and get them on the mat. Yeah, that's 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 what I got. So that's good. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Paris in August. Paris in August. Hall, you're going to the worlds, right? Yeah, trying. Yeah, probably. We see up in uh, Colorado at all? Uh, probably right. end of. Uh, I know you guys are in um, camp end of uh, July, beginning of August in the springs. I'll probably head out for a week at that point. Okay. Yeah, it'd be good to see yep. you. Nice. Yeah, it'll be good working with you, too. Nice. Good deal. Okay. Well, I think we're going to call it. Um, Cheney, we – Certainly uh, appreciate you taking the time out tonight, uh, especially coming off of all the craziness you've had the last, you know, two and a half weeks or so. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, congratulations on, uh, you know, making the world team and best of luck in August, the world championships. Where Hey, it ain't luck when he's going to be ready. You know what? I'm yeah. just trying to be a – No, I hear you, but I just had to throw that out just to get his mind right. Yeah, because <laughs> I was going to corrupt him. <laughs> Thinking it's luck. It ain't luck, man. He's going to be prepared and get a medal. Yeah. Well, he's like such a popular guy. I don't think Cheney realizes how popular he is. You know, he probably doesn't. But like fans just love him. You know, like he's. I, I guess you know, people relate to him. He's like a. You know, he he goes about his business. He doesn't. He doesn't like go and seek attention for himself or nothing like that. He gets the job done, and he's he's enjoyable to watch. I think I think that's why people gravitate towards him. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, Cheney, uh, whatever. Uh, you know all this, all the good stuff Hall said. Obviously, I have no authority when it comes to what it takes to actually <laughs> earn a world medal. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I'm, I certainly, certainly hope you do. Uh, you deserve it, and uh, you're a great guy, a great athlete, one of my absolute favorites of all time. And it was an absolute pleasure to to have you on. Um, and that's that's all I got, Hall. Do you have any no, other? Same thing. I just, you know, it was great talking with you, Cheney, and train hard and uh, make sure you're doing all the things you need to do. You know. Ask yourself every night before you go to bed, did I do everything I can to come back with the medal in, in the end of August before you go to bed? Okay. All right. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I like what you're doing over there at Five Point Move, Timmy. 
I, I read your stuff all the time, and it's always it's always nice to talk to you, Dennis. Thanks for. Hey, thanks. Oh, it was my nice. pleasure. Okay, and that's it for episode three. You can follow us at fivepointmove.com at five pt move on Twitter and on Facebook five point move. You can follow Dennis Hall once again on Twitter. That is Dennis <laughs> Dennis. I can't even say it without laughing. Dennis Hall, WGW. That's it. Thanks for listening. Good night. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.